Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung, the prayers that have been prayed, the opportunity to worship you in giving. And now as we look into your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts that we will grow thereby. We thank you and we honor you this day. And we thank you for all things in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We are into our second episode of our series called Same God. And we brought out that we are bringing out how even though God designed all of us differently, he is still the same. Some of us have pointy noses. Some of us have flat noses. Some of us have big ears. Some of us have little ears. Some of us have <laughs> height challenges, and some of us are not so challenged. But even in the midst of all these differences, God is still the same to every, towards everyone. And with that sameness that God provides, it enables us to all come together and to be the church or the kingdom of heaven here on earth. So as we are looking into the second episode, I want to start off with this saying, according to Paul, God has gifted the church with everything it needs to grow in unity. This unity develops at the individual and corporate levels. And we need to recognize that the church functions as one body. We could not place certain people, we should not place certain people on pedestals or look down on other people. I, I, I feel the need to say that one more time. We should not place certain people on a pedestal or look down on other people. Was that? Yeah, okay, I said it one more time. We should not place certain people on a pedestal or look down on other people. We started off last week with episode number one, and the episode number one, we said that the subtitle of this series is The Foundation of unity, the, the basis by which unity is established. Now, once we have established a foundation, then we got to talk about episode number two, which is the function of unity. The function of unity, which takes us into our definitions. Our first definition is unity. Uni unity is the oneness of sentiment, affection, or behavior. And function is defined as the doing, executing, or performing of anything, discharge, or performance. So last week we talked about the foundation of unity. Now we're going to talk about how unity is to function. Our scriptures are coming from Psalms 133 verses 1 through 5 and Ephesians the 4th chapter 11 through 16. Psalms 133 says this, Behold how good and how pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. 
It is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountain of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessings, life forevermore. Ephesians 4, starting at verse 11, and it says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way unto him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so let's talk about, we, we, we have the foundation established. So now let's talk about how this unity thing is supposed to work. How is this unity supposed to work? function. And let's start this off by saying this. Sometimes we take a scripture and we make that scripture bigger than the other scriptures. Sometimes we'll take a scripture and, and say that this is above other parts of scripture. For instance, if you look at Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and the 11th verse, we have come down through history, and I don't know about you, but me, I have heard it said like, that is the epitome of the church. If you're not an apostle, if you're not a prophet, if you're not an evangelist, if you're not a pastor, you're not a teacher, then you're just a person. It, it, I don't, I'm not going to say 100% that it was the intention of the, the, the speaker to do that, but just the way that it was presented, it made it seem like everybody should be shooting for this level of achievement. It's, it's, it's like this, this is the, the promotable persons of the kingdom. But I want you to understand that God did not design any, any position, any office to be better than anything else. That we're all equal, that we're all the same, because if we start prioritizing, then if we start causing schisms or separation, we start causing folks to feel higher or more about themselves than they should. And the thing about how the kingdom of heaven operates, I just thought of this, is if you want to be the greatest, then you have to be the servant of all. So that means if that was true, 
then it would be that the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers were the biggest service, but the way that I was taught this coming up was that we was all supposed to serve those people. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to expose it, y'all. I'm sorry. But that's just what I went through. I just had to talk about my experience, and it just made it seem like that was what it was. In fact, for me, that was part of the reason why I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that because I don't want everybody trying to treat me differently. I just want to be everybody's friend. You know, I wanted it to be like Cheers where everybody knew my name. And, you know, and everybody was also glad that I came. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted folks to be, uh, you know, be all right with me. And I wanted to be all right with folks. I didn't want them to try to make sure that when I came in that they stood up and they clapped and they did. I didn't, I, 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 I don't need all that. All I need is somebody to talk to, somebody to say, hey, how you doing? And I can say, how you doing? And we're not trying to make it all about uh, 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 obligation, but we're really concerned about one another. Right. I ain't even gotten into my notes yet. I'm just, I guess I just got my soapbox out today. And, and so as I look at, as I was going through these scriptures this week, I kept thinking about that. You know, we always talk about the fivefold ministry. It, the ministry is not fivefold. The ministry is the kingdom of heaven. That's what we are supposed to be serving. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That's what we're supposed to be uh, exemplifying. Now, guess what? God has given each of us a measure of faith. He has each given us a gift. And that gift may give you different levels of responsibility, but it does not make you better than anybody else in the kingdom. That's right. I get... Oh, see, I, I really am on my soapbox. I really have this little in my in my in my brain. I have this little in that goes off when folks start talking about generals in the gospel, and I know what they're trying to imply. But when you think about a general. You think about the person that's in charge and commanding everybody to do everything. Because I served in the military, so I understand the general's function. But the person that does all the work is that little bitty private that's out there doing whatever the general wants. So based upon the kingdom's philosophy of doing business, then the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is the private and not the general. I'm just trying to tell you how we, how this thing is. It's just how my mind be working. And, and uh, this might not even, YouTube might not even let this go on because they'd be like, he's trying to start some stuff. But I just want, I just want us to understand that the Bible lays it out and just says, these five positions have a level of responsibility that's to help the rest of the body to become what it is, which is to operate in unity. That's their responsibility. And because of that, let's not try to make them higher than anything else, but let them do what they are called to do. Okay, I'm, a, I'm, I'm jumping to my notes now, I think. And so... There are different offices, there's different ministries that are established in the church. Now, Paul in this Ephesians only talked about five 
of those offices or those ministries. But just to throw something out there, are we now saying that deacons are not important? Because he didn't mention it here? I'm just saying. If we really look at it, he's just giving an example and saying these folks are here in order to do this. And bringing out the point of they are to help to unify the saints because they are to equip the saints for service. So we have made these guys special. Made them feel, I'm, I'm, man, I, I thought I was off the soapbox. Made them feel like all this was all about them. But the whole time, and that's why, that's why folks is falling. Because they believe in the hype. The enemy has gotten into their ear and caused them to think, oh, you apostle this, you prophet this, you evangelist this, you, and, and you all in a bag of chips with a Pepsi on the side. And, and you all sitting up there thinking all that nonsense, and all that food get eaten up, and then you ain't got nothing. You rubbing on them Lay's potato chip bag, and they ain't got a chip left. Come on now, somebody say that. And that's the thing. We get so wrapped up in ourselves and our pride manifests itself because we think we have arrived. But Jesus' whole thing said, I didn't come here in order to make myself be known. I've come here to do the will of the Father. And if Jesus, who we're supposed to be following, set that example, then what should we be doing? We should be doing the same thing. We should not be here for ourselves. We should be here for, to examine, to uh, exhibit the will of the Father. Amen. Oh, man. So we want to realize that God has designed us. He has positioned us. He has made us. He has chosen us for these positions in order to cause the body to grow, to cause us to operate in unity, to cause us to be mature, to cause us to have a greater knowledge of the Son of God, to cause us to reflect the kingdom mentality in the earth, to make us reflect his glory in the earth. God has done this and this is the plan, but some reason we done tried to make God's plan our plan, and we already know that when we try to make God's plan our plan, that we're going to jack up the plan that God has. Amen. God says he ain't, he ain't no, no, he not, he, no. You're not going to take his plan and try to make everybody think it's your plan. He don't play that. Just like uh, in Living Color, y'all remember homie? Homie don't. Homie, don't play that. All right. Yes, you are. Don't try that. <laughs> so what we have to realize, if, if, y'all give me time. I won't I'm, I'm, I'm hold you long. I just, I just skipped some notes. But I just want y'all to understand that the apostle, the, the original apostles, they were designated because they saw the Lord when he uh, resurrected. That's when they got the desert. Everyone that saw the Lord's resurrection was considered the apostle. What it became was they saw it, and so that meant they, were, they had 
this special designation because they saw it, but their function, their function was the foundation of the church. The apostles, if we want to do an equation today, apostles and missionaries are synonymous. Apostles went to locations and helped to establish churches and helped to come up with how this was going to function so that people would know this is how it's supposed to function. The prophets were those that would come and foretell what God was working on. It wasn't about if you give me $10, God's going to bless you. That's not what a prophet was, was doing back in that days. Back in that days, they would pick, for instance, it talks about Anabas picks up uh, a cloak and he says, the man who owns this cloak is going to go through trials and tribulations. Guess whose cloak it was? It was the Apostle Paul's. And he called it out and, and, and they didn't try to make you feel like, God was always going to be on your side because God ain't always going to be on your side because sometimes your side ain't right. God is about us conforming to the kingdom of heaven. The evangelist. The evangelist is the person that comes in and they come in and they provoke us to want to serve, to motivate us to serve Christ the more. And if we don't know him, their, their gifting is to cause Jesus to become so real to us that we can see him and touch him and move towards him in such a way that we want to be more like him. The pastor is the person that's supposed to look after the church. He's supposed to take that time with the church and spend time with the church. He's supposed to smell like the church. He's supposed to look like the church. He's supposed to be like the church. That's why sometimes, you know, that's why folks don't want to be, be involved with the church because they, they look at the pastor and the pastor living, you know, on this 20-acre property and the folks that, that he, uh, he's serving under are living in trailer parks. Be, and, and he's not teaching them to move. If you want to live in a trailer, that's all fine. But I'm just saying this is the, the, the big divide. But the pastor should be coming in there and teaching them there's a little bit something better. And this is the process that you can go through. You can, instead of, instead of looking at me, you can become me if you go through the processes that I went through. The teachers, the Bible says it like this. They said the teachers, they have the higher condemnation. Why? Because a teacher is responsible for inserting the divine word into the lives of people to give doctrine, to help them to become established so they don't always have to come to church to learn that they can learn on their own and, and to provoke them to want to learn and know about the word of God. So it's not about us going to see them and, and, and paying them and, and doing all these things. It's for them to be imparting into us to cause us to become all that God has called for them or us to be. Now this is the thing. If you do it God's way, you're going to get God's results. So if I do it God's way, if I am one of these five people, I don't have to worry about provision because 
God's going to provide because I'm doing it God's way, which is to serve the people. If I'm serving God's people, then God's going to take care of me. I don't have to put up a facade and make people think God's taking care of me because, okay, I need to pull myself back. Because God has opened up ways and opportunities for us in order to do what he's called for us to do. It doesn't have to be, uh, how many of y'all ever go, go to the mall and don't buy nothing? What we call that? We call that window shopping. Now let me tell you something about window shopping. Window shopping, the whole purpose of window shopping is to present something in the window that will cause you to want to go see it on the inside. And they believe that if they can get you inside, then they can get you to buy something. All right? Now, if you are married to Miss Yolanda Pender, it don't matter what they got on the window. If she has made up her mind she ain't buying nothing that day, I, they can tell her it's free 99 and she'll still look at them funny because she's going to say, are you still going to try to charge me something? But most people, based upon the marketing processes, is we put this, this little thing in the window to make you want to come in. And once we get you in, that way we can sell you something. Y'all know, y'all, y'all heard of Costco? And y'all heard of Sam's? Now, you know... Both of them locations lose money at their food court. So the price of everything else is going up, right? You go to Costco, you still get that hot dollar for, hot dog for a dollar fifty. You go to Sam's, you still oh, and a drink. Come on now. And if you pay an extra fifty cents, they'll throw some chips in there for you, right? Because the purpose is to get you into the building. They believe if I can get you into the building. Then I can get you to buy something. And so what some some of these some some oh man what some of this is is these people are putting up these window dressings for you to make you think that if you follow them, then God is going to bless you the way He's blessed them. But let me tell you something about some of them people. And I'm not trying to bash. Any, any pastor, any prophet, I'm not trying to bash them, but what I'm saying is sometimes when we try to do things on our own and not do it God's way, we can become deceptive. And then because we like what we're getting, it becomes this deep downward spiral that we don't even need to be on. Amen. And so I need to make my windows look so good so that you'll come in so then I can talk you into buying something else. If you go to my church, then you're going to be blessed and God's going to open up doors for you. That's not how this thing works. It don't matter what church you go to. It matters how you adhere to the promises of the kingdom. Okay, I'm sliding my soapbox over one more time. So I can talk about the functionality of unity. The functionality, the function of unity. Okay. So as we, as we are looking at this, we, we can see that the whole function of unity is to cause one another to grow. To cause one another 
to become all that God wants them to become. I was, I was talking to a guy, and the guy was saying, "Man, I think one day you could be a millionaire." And he was a, he was a, he was a, he's a Bible teacher. And I said, "I got a question for you." And he said, "Okay." I said, um, "What if God don't want me to be a millionaire?" I said, what if I become a millionaire and that hinders someone from being a blessing to me because they think I have enough? And he says, I have to get back with you. And that was 12 years ago, I think it was. Because sometimes we can get our glasses tinted to the, way, the world's way of doing business. And we make these affirmations based upon the world's philosophy when, in fact, what we should be doing is making our affirmations based upon God's way of doing, being, living right. I don't have to have a million dollars in order to have good success. I don't have to have a million dollars in order to say God is blessing me. Like the, like the, uh, see, the, the, they used to have this song back in the day. The Lord is blessing me right now. And then it didn't have to break it down to you. They say, He woke me up this morning and started me on my way. Hey, hey, the Lord is blessing me right now. Then they got really excited. And the tenants would keep saying, the Lord is blessing me right now. The Lord is blessing. You know what I'm saying? Because when you think about it, you are blessed just to be right where you are. Amen. I say it all the time. You complain about your shoes until you meet the man with no feet. And so we have to realize that just where we are, God wants to bless us. And if we walk according to what God has us to do. God will open up our eyes. He will allow us to see a glimpse of what he has in front of us. And if it's to be a multimillionaire, that's all well and good. But the process prepares you for that. Right. And if you are serving God and God desires for you to be extremely wealthy, able to do all these things, then it's going to happen based upon God's timetable. Not because you said Every morning you got up and said, I'm going to be a millionaire. That's not how this thing works. God says, if you make my kingdom first in your life, my righteousness first in your life, then all these other things, I'm going to add them to you. But we got to get the priorities right. Just like this. I bought my notes. Okay, here we go. If you look at, stay, stay with me, son. I'm getting ready to bounce around. If you look at it, it says in verse number 12, it says to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ. It didn't say nothing about building you up. It says we're building up the body of Christ. Our, my responsibility as a pastor of God's House Christian Church is to equip you for the work of ministry. 
Now, some folks, I can I can come alongside and say, this is what you need to do. Some folks, I got to put in the headlock and say, this is what you need to do. And some folks, I got to pull out the belt and say, this is what you need to do. I got to equip you to do the work because some of us don't want to work. But I am here to help you, to be there with you. If I need to get on the ground with you, I'm here to get on the ground with you. That's my responsibility. Because we're building up the body of Christ. And it says, then it says, 13, it says, until, I'm supposed to keep building this up until we all attain to the unity of faith. So that we're walking in oneness and faith. That we're walking in one in belief. If we're walking knowing that Everybody else in God's house is depending on me to trust God just like I trust in God for myself. When you get that mindset that I'm a part of this body and that because I'm a part, I'm essential to this body. And because I'm essential to this body, I need to be all that I can for this body. Then we begin to walk in this unity. So when we say this is going to happen, guess what? It happens. And it says, of the knowledge of the Son of God. Wait a minute, we just talked about the body of Christ. Now we're talking about the knowledge. So it's nothing about us. It is us building up so that Jesus is known throughout this earth. And here's a word that we don't like. To mature manhood. Now for, for y'all liberation folks, womanhood. Whatever hood you need to be in is for that. But we're talking about that we're causing folks to be mature. When folks walk in talking about simple things about the word of God, we don't sit there and be like, oh, that sounds interesting. No, we say, no, that's not how we believe. This is what we believe. Well, would you consider this? No, man, I thought about that like four years ago. That's, that's, we passed that. It's just like if a little two-year-old walk up to you and say you ugly, you're going to look at that two-year-old like, you don't even know what ugly is. Right? But now what a lot of the church folks do, this newly saved person comes up to you and you've been saved for 10, 20 years and they say, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, that's it. I don't know what I'm talking about. Wait, come on now. That means you should have some maturity to listen to how a baby talks and be able to talk to the baby like they are a baby. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of rambling. I apologize, but I don't, but I do. Okay, to the measure so that we become all that God wants God's house to be. That's what we want to do. We want to fulfill God's purpose for calling God's house Christian church to be what it is. And then it goes on and says, so that we may no longer be children. Tossed to and fro. By the ways and carried about by every wind of doctrine. By human cunning. You see that? Every wind of doctrine that comes by human cunning. If I start saying this, then I can get people to believe this. And then when people start believing this, and then I can say, see, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. So that we can move past that. And we're now at verse number 15. Just like but, he says rather. So he says cancel all that out. This is what we should be doing. We should be speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way 
into him, becoming who he is, into Jesus, who is the head, into the Christ. And when we do this, the process is, is that we come together, that we unify together, that we walk together, that we work together so that we become all that God has called for us to be. And that we have to know that we affect one another in all things. Because we want to be all that God has called for us to be. I got this one note that I do want to bring out and I'm going to call it a day. Most people dislike group projects in school. The group is rarely well balanced. They include the straight A student, the jock, the introvert, and the slacker. And if the teacher did not thoughtfully develop the assignment, assign the groups, and plan for the evaluation, the project could create lots of conflict. But the best teachers give the groups everything they need to succeed. And it's up to the students to develop enough unity to complete the assignment. So we have to come together along with to accomplish the purpose of the kingdom. So what is the function of unity? The function of unity is to cause Jesus to be known throughout your areas of influence. The power of unity so that people will know that you are a kingdom citizen. The function of unity is to cause us to operate in the oneness which is the kingdom of heaven. That is our function. And each of us have been given a responsibility to operate in that function. Some of us have more responsibility, which means that we're supposed to be the greater servants. And that is the function of unity. Now there may be, you heard all this that I said, and you saying that all that sounds good but it's still not clicking to me. Well that's because you need to be established into a group of believers so that you can go on to the process of becoming unified. You can't be unified jumping from one part of the body to another. You have to be where God desires for you to be so that you can become all that God desires for you to be. But the most significant thing in all this is that you have to have a relationship with God. In order to have a relationship with God, then you have to accept the gift that he's provided for you. And that gift comes through Jesus Christ. You have to have Jesus in your life. You have to accept what Jesus has done for you. The Bible says it like this. It says, if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. It says, for with the heart, one believes and is justified. And with the mouth, confession is made and we are saved. And so if we operate in that power, if we operate in that ability, if we do that which we are called to do, which is to walk in the newness of life based upon a relationship with Jesus. 
Because the Bible also goes on to say in the same little sets of verses that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so calling upon the name of the Lord causes you to be rescued, delivered from the penalty of sin, which is death. Now this is the thing. This is not an individual sport, but I mean, we could say an individual event, but this is a team sport. We want to come alongside you and assist you along this journey. That's part of the uni unity process. We want to come alongside you and assist you, whether you're here in the sanctuary or you are online. We want to assist you with getting to where God wants you to be. And so with that being said, you can contact us at info at godshousecc.com or you can text us at 864-920-0100. Let us know that you've made that decision. We will come alongside you, help you, assist you along this journey. Again, that email is info at godshousecc.com and the text is 864-920-0100. 0100 and we will come alongside you and assist you along this journey. Well, friends and family, that's episode number two in my soapbox that is now done and completed the function of unity. I hope I've said something that will cause you to want to become more a part of what we're doing here at God's house. And if not at God's house, that you find a location where you can function into and become a part of that community because that's what it's all about. We want you to be a functional part of the kingdom of heaven. All right? Amen. With that being said, until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.